The following podcast contains spoilers for Marabone. Glenn. Yes. Don't look in that mirror. <laughs> you know how hard that is for me, Mike? You're gorgeous, but stop. I'm just so egotistical. I have to look at myself. Well, you have been warned. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel. <laughs> I don't know why that, that noise broke me. If that was that in was... video form, oh my god, that would have been haunting looking. Oh, it was. <laughs> I mean, I imagine that with you right in my ear. Oh, I was deep in the mic, my face was shaking, and it just went. Oh, I man. couldn't even replicate don't it. Don't tease me, Glenn. Don't no. tease me. Then how will I live on? That's a good question. How, how are you doing? My sweet prince, I'm doing just just pretty good. Um, yeah. How are you? I'm doing okay. You know, last week mm-hmm. you threw a curveball my way mm-hmm. and made me talk about the movies I watched first. And you know what? I did. I'm going to do it again this week because <gasps> you <laughs> don't control me. Is this what my curveball me. tastes like? That tastes you good. don't control yeah. me, Glenn. So um, uh, this week... Uh, this past week was the beginning of the NHL playoffs after they went on break because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I've been watching a shit ton of hockey and not too many movies. Um, (laughs) With that being said, what I watched is still way more movies than most people would watch in a week. Uh, I watched four, including Marrowbone. Um, The first one is Alfred Hitchcock's Lady, The Lady Vanishes, uh, which was released in 1938. Um, It's about this young woman who uh, has a piece of luggage fall on her head uh, as she's boarding a train, and then this older woman kind of takes care of her. But then when she wakes up from a nap, that woman is vanished. Hence, what the hell? the lady vanishes. And this one, I would say probably only about 45 minutes to maybe generously an hour mm-hmm. was the actual plot. The rest of it was just kind of, I don't want to say slapstick, but it was a comedy that had all the characters be introduced in a way. Because it was really funny. Like, it was funnier than you, you think it would be Yeah. Um, for an Alfred Hitchcock movie. He's got a great dark sense of humor, but in this it also showed his, uh, you know, great not-so-dark sense of humor, even though parts of it were dark. Um but yeah, that's The Lady Vanishes. I do suggest that. Okay. Then I watched a Canadian movie about hockey because I've been on a hockey kick since the NHL playoffs had as started. As I should be. As I should be. Called Indian Horse. It is about a Native American boy, or I guess Native Canadian. I think they call him First Nations people in Canada. Yeah. Um, and uh, he becomes an orphan and... A big thing in Canada up until like ridiculously recently, uh, the Canadian government, the Canadian government took uh, First Nations children away from their parents and ha- and schooled them in Catholic schools, and we mm. all know how Catholic schools are, so they're not exactly yeah. the best mm-hmm. locations for things. Um, and then he kind of falls in love with hockey, so it's kind of his journey. Uh, being a First Nations person playing hockey, uh, 
relatively successfully. And it just goes from there. It's a pretty good movie. I think okay. it ended it ended too quickly. It kind of just dove into the end. If you see it, you'll kind of understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but it's just like it's, it's going in one tra- trajectory and you see, oh, there's only 15 minutes left. What are they going to do? And then oh, it's just man. like, oh, nope, this all happens. Yeah, I really. Um, how long was the movie? Uh, hour 45, hour 50. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's it's not so much about hockey as it is, um, you know, him in the orphanage. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's sold as a hockey movie, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty good, but uh, it did leave some that some things was, desired. The ending was just too quick. Yes, yes, it was. And then I watched today a independent comedy called Diani and Divine Meet the Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a comedy duo in Los Angeles when the apocalypse hits and just kind of them surviving through it. And honestly, it's the most accurate representation of what a modern apocalypse would be. Like most people just kind of sitting around waiting for things to get back to normal, slowly realizing they're not going to go back to normal and then just politely stealing cars <laughs> in a way. It was actually really funny. It was really dry humor. Um, Diani and Divine, they're a real... They directed it as well. They're a real uh, comedy troupe. In the movie, they play a couple. I don't know if they're a couple in real life. But, uh, yeah, it's it's it was surprisingly good. You know, it's a good way to waste an hour and, and 30 minutes. Okay. Um, so that's all I watched this of, week. A lot of other apocalypse than movies lately. Yeah, yeah. That's all right, though. <laughs> 2020. Why 2020, not? yep. Um, for me, uh, I've only watched two movies, obviously, including Marabone. Um, and then I watched a show, which I will get into in a minute. But the movie that I watched besides Marabone was definitely Maybe. It was a rewatch. Um, it's got uh, Ryan Reynolds. It's a rom-com. It's about a... He's telling a story to his daughter about how he met her mother and he just lists uh, the three main loves of his life and she has to kind of guess which one is her mother. It's a, I kind of love this movie. I'm not going to lie. It's one of my favorite rom-coms. Is Abigail Breslin his daughter in that? Uh, Yes. Okay. Yeah, I remember that then. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's for sure one of my favorite rom-coms. And I was like, you know what, dude? I, I miss Ryan Reynolds. I'm, I need to see his face. And <laughs> so I watched it and I still love it. It's still a fantastic movie. Cool. A little bit, uh, it's a little bit too, too, like, like, uh, you know, romantic, but you know, it is. <laughs> Ew, it is. romance, romance is disgusting, yucky. Uh, and then this, this is one we're all gonna cringe over. I've been watching, uh, I'm rewatching at least the first season of it and then rewatching or actually watching the whole show is Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. It's an anime, um, everybody's super hype over it, they love the shit out of it. Um, I was like, okay. The first season I watched, and then I stopped watching because, like, I was like, okay, this is a lot happening. So I'm rewatching it. It's it's really good, actually. The next two seasons, uh, it's fun. There's a mm-hmm. lot going on, but I won't deep get too deep into it, considering I don't want to weeb anybody out here, Michael. Weeb. <laughs> I don't want to weeb anybody. I am convinced that weebs are 100% the reason we keep getting invasive species <laughs> in in Pennsylvania. Because first yes. it was stink bugs, which came from uh, East East Asia. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're from Korea or uh, Japan, 
But then we got spotted lanternflies from Japan. Stop ordering body pillows from Japan, <laughs> Glenn. I can't stop. It's an I'm addiction. Tired. I'm tired. I saw of one of those murder wasps species. yesterday. That was scary. Really? Because they, they, I'm pretty sure they haven't come well, anywhere. Well, I saw here. one of those big fucking wasps yesterday. It was scary. We, we have big wasps here, but uh, like this not. thing was, this thing was bigger than a quarter. It was insane. Oh, murder wasps are like three inches long. Oh dear Christ, and a half. Yeah. So you did not, if if you're comparing it to a quarter, you did not see a murder All right, well, wasp. I definitely saw a bald eagle in the form of a bee. <laughs> Flying down upon me to take my bones. <laughs> but yeah, the, the whole murder wasp thing, everyone's like, what happened to them? It's because they found a dead one. Yeah. And then more than likely the the uh, uh, biologist that found it found the nest and then killed them. Or hmm. it was just never a live one. Interesting. Um, yeah. I, I watched a lot of videos on it when it came out. So, yeah. I'd be surprised if you saw a murder wasp, but you know what? That wasp still could have murdered you, Glenn. I mean, honestly, I ran like a little girl. <laughs> I would or, as well. Or, or a regular girl. I don't. Or a regular girl. Just, or, 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 or a man. Or a man. Or a man. Exactly. Hey, Glenn, men can be scared too. I admit this, that I am scared. And more scared often boy. than not, women are not as scared as men because we're, ba- we're little bitches. Unbelievable. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's moving on to movie news, right? Yeah, Wait. you got some news, I got some news <laughs> Well, I'll uh, tell you something What? Not really much going on this week Yeah But uh, there's a lot of talks about the new Tron movie That's, uh, I don't know when it's actually coming out But, you know, they're talking about it mm-hmm. um, It's actually not going to be a direct sequel uh, From the last one, Tron Legacy But mm-hmm. it's also not not going to be So... Where that's going to go is beyond me. Are they creating uh, a cinematic universe, Clint? I, at this point, everybody is. <laughs> so I'm I guess, so uh, tired of cinematic universes, Glenn. So I guess the director, Garth Davis, had spoken about how there was a plan for like a sequel directly after the legacy. But mm-hmm. then I guess Jared Leto, I should have read deeper into this, but I, just Jared Leto said it wasn't actually going to be a direct sequel as much as... Uh, more dedicated to the first one. So it's very interesting how it's going to go, actually. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, but basically, it's the what I'm getting at is it's not what you're going to expect because I don't even know what to expect from it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Garth Davis is going to be directing it and Jared Leto is going to be starring in it. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was in Legacy, correct? I don't recall him being in Legacy. Unless I'm um, thinking of... I'm thinking of Blade Runner. That's why. Damn, yeah, he's futuristic in Blade, movies. He's in Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, but we shall see. I, we shall. I don't. I'm not really much of a fan of Jared Leto anymore. Um, yeah, he I, honestly he lost a lot of respect for me when he like how he treated his castmates. Yeah. On uh, Suicide Squad, like there's method acting. That's not method acting. That's just harassing. Like yeah. that doesn't you doing that does not benefit you at all. It's the same thing as when Dustin Hoffman like. Would would pinch his co-stars' butts to get them angry at him because mm-hmm. he doesn't trust them to get angry at him because apparently Dustin yeah. Hoffman's the only one who can act. It's the exact same thing. Uh, it's it's not method acting. It's 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 harassment. That's exactly what it like. It's, yeah, it's it is what it is. But um, so yeah, they, whether, they like to say it's method acting. Yeah. So whether um, Garrett Hedlund and Olivia Wilde are going to be in this sequel or even Jeff Bridges is beyond me. 
we're not there yet. They're not even there yet. They're just in talks about it. So mm-hmm. we shall see. <laughs> yeah. There's my news. <laughs> That's your news. My news uh, should come to no surprise to anyone. Uh, Disney has announced that they are going to retire the 20th Century Fox brand. Um, and I don't know if they're just never going to make a 20th century thing anymore or like they're all going to be Disney. Mm-hmm. By the way, it comes to no surprise. They they bought 20th Century Fox and Fox in general. Uh they now own the Simpsons and sh- and shit like that. So, yeah, I'm not sure how they're going to they're going to I wish they would kind of just let it be still. I mean, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to brand like the new Simpsons movie coming out cuz it'd be weird seeing the Simpsons movie with a Disney intro. Yeah. Um and and honestly like if they do that, it gets rid of any chance of them doing more, I don't want to say more adult stuff, but not so family-friendly stuff. Um, like, I mean, yeah, they have Marvel, but that's only for Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, they used to have Touchstone. I don't know if Touchstone's still a thing, um, but we'll see. I, I uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like, it's. I get it. But it's nice to see a mark that's there besides Disney. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it is what it is. I it guess. is what it is. But that is all the news for this week. Let's jump into Marrowbone. We have come very far, enduring many hardships. But at last, we found the place where we can be safe. These Marabone kids, how well do you know them? It's just that they worry me. Always hiding away from the community. They're not hiding. They live too far away. Get close together, come on. What are we going to do? I don't know, but if the truth comes out, they will separate us. Good luck, Mr. Marabone. Written and directed by Sergio G. Sanchez, starring George McKay, Anya Taylor-Joy, Charles Heaton, and Mia Goth. Marrowbone is about a young man and his three younger siblings who have kept secret the death of their beloved mother in order to remain together, and they are plagued by a sinister presence in the sprawling manner in which they live. Did you hear how smooth that was, Glenn? Don't don't get me started. That was like milk chocolate smooth right there. <laughs> I said don't get me started. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, that was on Hulu for those of you. If if you haven't watched it, if you want to just give this podcast a pause and check it out on Hulu before moving forward. Um, Sergio, Sergio G. Sanchez is the writer of a few J.A. Boyana films, such as The Impossible and The Orphanage. Mm-hmm. I believe this is his first feature. If not, it's one of his first features. Um, he did a TV movie before this, and then everything else has been a short. And then, so this is his first theatrical feature. Um, and, you know, it kind of reminded me a lot of The Orphan in a way, just by like tone and, and, um, the fact that it's a period piece definitely kind of puts you in that mindset too yeah. of of El Orfandino. And um it is it's got a great cast too. I mean, everyone here is either a well known horror actor with Anya Taylor Joy, Mia Goth, Charlie Heaton, if you want to include um 
Stranger Things and then the unreleased The New Mutants, uh, <laughs> which will be that released eventually. <laughs> and then George McKay. I don't know if he's been in horror, but he's he's a great actor. Um, he's in 1917, Captain Fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, Peter Pan, a movie called Pride, which is really good. He's not so much a horror actor, but he's a he's a great actor. He's a, a you know, even though he's only 28, I think. Definitely uh, up and coming, but uh, yeah, super enjoyable man. Oh yeah, yeah, he, he's but great. Um, Whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what what did you think of this? I'm I'm you know uh, I'm I always was, curious to see what you think of the movies I pick before anything else. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to figure out how to word this, I should have thought about how to word this before. But I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, listen, I enjoyed this movie. So how do <laughs> I explain how I enjoyed it? Um, so you've got this whole family, and it's it's pretty cool because they're all fantastic actors. They're all they're all there. They're all blood, and they're all letting you know, like we're in this together. We can't, nobody's going, nobody's going to get us. Mm-hmm. And like you're there, and then uh, Jack starts doing some things that could get everybody in trouble. But guess what? Mama Bear died. So like, how's he? How old was Jack? Right? Jack. Well, he had to be at least. Uh, she said to um, at least 21. just keep him. Yeah, at least twenty one. My guess is that he was either like seventeen or eighteen. Uh, maybe even like nineteen. Yeah. At this point in the in the film, he he's um. I mean, regardless, he's he's pretty young. The actor's not young, but the the character is young to the point where you know lying about her death is going to keep them together. Mm-hmm. He can't. He's not old enough to be their legal guardians. But they, I don't yeah. think they ever say how old he is. So you're you're put. Me specifically, you're put in this position where you see this family basically. They're kind of on the runaway from something bad. You don't, yeah. you aren't really explained what it is. And you're like, okay, well, obviously that'll pop up eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the mom is sick and then she dies. And then she's telling Jack, the, the oldest son, um, that she, he can't, can't really, you know, out them until he's 21, until he can become a legal guardian of these kids, mm-hmm. which all of them are pretty much teenagers except for one. So, couldn't be too long. You weren't given an age, and I, I thought, okay, that's that's a lot for a young lad. But I get the, I get it. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting there with that plot, and then it finally unfolds a little bit later. You're finally like, okay, they're actually doing it. They're being, they're being a family. They're doing it. Congratulations, Jack. You're about to be a daddy. It's like no, you're not, <laughs> not in like a literal form, but. And then the fi- finally the plot's unfolding, and that's that was the cool part because oh, a yeah. little bit you're sitting there like. Not really dreading it, but it's cool. But you find that you just want to know what's going on. And finally mm-hmm. you get it right. Fucking Papa was a really bad dude. He had blood money. He was a serial he wanted, killer. He wanted that shit back. So you know what? He what? tried to get it back. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was, I thought... So definitely that world building was really cool as far yeah. as that went. Uh, but you didn't learn about that last part until like the last half hour or so. Yeah, I was actually kind of concerned in the first 10, 15 minutes mm-hmm. because it did not feel like the kind of movie we were sold yeah. in the trailer at all. Um, and uh, which was kind of brilliant in a way. It put you in this false sense of security. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you see a man, uh, me, from Mia Goth's perspective, you see a man 
in their vast yard that just leads straight up to a forest and he fires a gun and she screams, she calls for Jack. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, it's six months later. Like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. I loved that that's how it started. Like, I especially after being worried about it being kind of a cheesy, campy, mm-hmm. new beginnings film. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it just wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, it was, from, definitely, it was definitely that and leading up to it trying to look horror-esque with yeah. the spooky hallways, the mirrors, and stuff like that. It was definitely yeah. leading up to that, but didn't. Go there the way you thought it would. Yeah, definitely. And and it it's really told in kind of an ingenious way, mm-hmm. um, where it it skips forward six months. A lot of the times, people don't really care for that. Um, the whole six months later title card. Uh, this really needed that, just so you could kind of know exactly when in the timeline we are. Um, and and it's it was just like a, it, it it it's the first time that I've ever seen a time jump used in such an efficient and and impactful way, mm-hmm. um, where if it wasn't for that time jump, the movie is not nearly as good. It kind of in a way it's kind of like, um, you know, kind of like the Sixth Sense where they kind of abandon the opening story. And you're just left the whole time to wonder what happened. Yeah. Um, where, as in in the sixth sense, once you know what's happening, it's extremely obvious. Mm-hmm. Like once you know Bruce Willis is dead, it's extremely obvious that he's he's dead the whole time. I don't know if rewatching this, it'll be obvious that you know we said spoiler alert before that three of the four kids are dead. Yeah. And and it's only Jack that's still alive. I don't know if that would be so obvious. Which well, in- it's let me let me explain something to you real quick. Oh, it's, explain it's, away. It's really hypnotic when you miss that title card like I did. <laughs> and oh, yeah? you're watching the whole movie not knowing it's six months later. Like I, I missed it at first and then I went yeah. back and I, like I, I think I went down to go get some food or something. And I came mm-hmm. back up. I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's crazy because like the way it's told... You know, it jumps six months later. All of a sudden, they're talking about a ghost in the house, but they're talking Mm -hmm. very casually about it. Like, you know, it's not a big deal and it's not a a thing. But the little kid obviously knows something's up um, and and it just creates this tension. And then it just continues like nothing happened. and, And like they're going through their normal lives. Which, when you learn that everything is from Jack's perspective, is is brilliant because you know he's trying to ignore the atrocity that happened mm-hmm. in in the attic, um, and, and it really becomes this beautiful story in a way of grief and how people grieve. I know it's probably more than definitely not an accurate representation of uh, multiple personality syndrome. Um, that's not to say that this kind of or the version of it that's created by trauma has never happened yeah um but you know him kind of taking on all four roles just to cope with the fact that he wasn't able to protect his family very shortly after their mother died yeah it was Uh, definitely a lot crazier when you like look back on after the six months mark, and you see that the only person interacting with anybody was just Jack, 
and nobody yeah. else was doing anything. That's that was a really cool. Really yeah, cool but thing they to they see. make it make sense. So yeah. like like if you're not looking for it, it makes sense. It's not like the sixth sense where Bruce Willis is walking around a city and no one is responding to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that sixth sense is not an impactful movie. I still love that movie. I still think it holds weight even yeah. after you already know it. But like they keep to the house and are always in like different rooms. And, and, you know, when someone is over at the house, it just makes it seem like they're hiding. It's not so much that they're not being seen one yeah. at all. Um, it's, you know, they have different roles to fulfill. And it's, it just leads to such a heart wrenching ending mm-hmm. when you finally learn what happened. Um, the one thing I, I I don't know how you felt about Anya Taylor Joy's role in this. Yeah, uh, I felt like it started off really kind of cheesy, like the whole movie. Yeah, and then ended really cheesy, like the whole movie. Well, the movie doesn't end cheesy, but her character kind of ends in a cheesy, slightly unbelievable way. Um, and I don't know if so much of that's the writing or just she- her. Performance at the end of the movie didn't have any sort of trauma from any of this. Yeah. I mean, let's 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 talk about it. So we got entered in a cheesy way. Uh this family rolls up on this chick and the and Sam's just like, You've got acorns. <laughs> so that's obviously not how it went, but <laughs> uh and they, they all they all have like a day together and the, that's kinda how they meet. And it was really cool, whatever. Yeah. Um and then cheesy, but you know, yeah. And then going with the tone of the film, yeah. And then Jack, kind of like I guess technically, secretly, not so secret, but also secretly has a relationship with her. Yeah. Um, but it's also understandable why it's secret because everybody's now dead throughout the six months, <laughs> um, and he obviously didn't tell her, and nor tell his family because they're dead. Um, so you got that whole, and then the ending. She sees she sees uh, this man who is trying to, you know, flirt with her a lot at work, stabbed in the goddamn neck. She's like, Tom, just let me see the wound, please. She sees the right before that. She sees all the kids uh, dead on the floor from, Mm -hmm. you know, their father brutally murdering murdering them six months ago. Mm -hmm. And then uh, she's just like, well, I better cover these guys up. (laughs) And she walks over to Tom, whose neck is just spewing blood. And she's like, well, Tom, just let me look at it. And turns the around thing, and then guess who's there? It's uh, what was his name? Uh, Simon. Yeah, the father. Right. Um, Trying to murder her. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's when she's reading that that picture book that Jack gives her mm-hmm. that explains everything. Her performance in that is great. Yeah, but then it doesn't really go from there at all. You know. Yeah, and, and we know she can act. We we've seen her in The Witch. We've seen 100%. her in. I've seen her in Emma. I don't know if you have. But I, she, I haven't seen it, but we've she, seen her in Split and Glass as well. Yeah, she can definitely act. So I'm I'm not sure if like the c- proper direction was given to her or if yeah. she was just done with the production at the point when she had to, you know, at, in the scene where she gets attacked yeah. and then the scene where she's talking to Jack's psychologist. And it's just it it doesn't hold any weight for her. It seems it just seems like another day. Yeah. And um. It really just kind of cheapened the ending in a way. Not that, you know, the story wasn't great or anything, just the the lack of emotion in her performance. Yeah. Um just kind of 
left her, her me performance or her character is it's just her character didn't change from that dramatic event that happened yeah and yeah. It, she was just that loving embracing person to jack even after she saw five dead bodies <laughs> yeah and i i kind of wish because there's this beautiful scene where before you find out that you know jack's family is all dead mm-hmm. that um using flashlights and morse code uh jack and the little kid sam and uh Allie, who's on your Taylor Joy's character, they all talk using Morse code across the valley. Mm-hmm. And it's this beautiful scene where you kind of see this relationship budding. You can see that she's happy to be like an honor, honorary member of the family mm-hmm. and everything. And then when she finally, you know, yes, she had already grieved for them, but it's you kind of grieve twice when a family member dies, at least in my experience. Yeah. You grieve when you find out the news, and then you grieve again when you see the body. And she didn't really have that second bout of grieving. Or grieving. And the first one, I felt like, was cut too short because it cut from her like bawling her eyes out to running. And I feel like if they held on something a little bit longer, mm-hmm. just having her kind of go through it and seeing the change and then committing to the change afterwards it could have been a lot more impactful yeah um but you know it's it's i'm curious though how kind of going back and thinking about it this is now no longer on on you taylor joy but uh what was simon doing in that attic for like six months in the same house as jack he was eating animals do you not remember them saying that? Oh, was he? Oh, that's right. He was locked in that room with yeah, him. Yeah, he, killed, I he forgot, killed the I forgot poor Tom, raccoon. I forgot Tom um, broke down that brick wall. Yeah, yeah, Tom broke down the brick wall after Jack bricked him up. Uh, so si- Jack, the, the whole, the entirety of Jack's arc is that he's too afraid to face reality and see yeah. that his family's actually dead. And therefore also either be killed by his father or kill his father. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he... Um, I don't know if he like knocks him out and then walls. It, it's uh, it's it's pretty crazy to look back on that whole that whole part of like a that guy's locked in there. Yeah. Because is it is it Billy that tries to go down there in the rope? But then you think about it, and it's actually Jack who tried to go down in that room. Yeah. So it, at a certain it is, point, he tried to face reality and then just got fucking shanked. <laughs> He tried to face reality, but with Billy's personality yeah. having taken over, so it's not quite the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and that's that's kind of it's the genius of it because it makes you go back yeah. and think. But then you're like, oh my god! And mm-hmm. then the details of like Jack having the wounds that Billy got in mm-hmm. that scenario. Uh, I just gotta say, poor raccoon. Yeah, that man. He was he was struggling. He was cute. He was, he was just a, a little bit skinnier. He was a little cute. He's like, help, I'm just a trash panda. I'm a, I'm a chonky little trash panda. Please Hello. help me. And then fucking, honestly, I don't even care so much that he, he killed all the people, but like. The raccoon. Man. Spare the raccoon for, <laughs> for God's sake, please. Yeah, I got I, I got to say this. This movie was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. You know, even our, our um, criticism of Anya Taylor-Joy's character. Yeah. It doesn't really take away from the film. It's just it could have been that much better if they just showed an arc of some kind or, you know, showed her affected by what had happened. Yeah, it just goes from her seeing 
her obviously knowing about the them being dead and then going to see the dead bodies but having no time to react to the dead bodies because Tom's yeah. shanked in the neck. And then next thing you know, she's trying to be murdered. And then next thing you know, oh, Jack, we need to help you. Mm-hmm. It's just that uh, there wasn't really emotion from the character after she found out about all that shit going on. Yeah. And, I mean, it she didn't was take kind of away like, from the movie itself, but it definitely sucked that part. Yeah, it's like she was kind of like a perfect companion to a fault, mm-hmm. um, where it was she was always about everyone else's well-being and happiness, and it would have been nice to see like either her home life or something other than this creepy guy hitting on her all the time. Yeah. Um, which, Especially him stalking her at the beach with a jack. I was kind of, I was like, yeah, yeah buddy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, but that's really all I have to say about it. It's a great movie with obvious faults, but still worth the watch. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, same here. He's just left the Marabout home. He goes under the bridge. Then he goes down the tunnel, through the tunnel. He goes all the way up. I guess we should jump into the judgment. Let's do it. I mean, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I wouldn't say it's mind blowing, but it's a solid movie, especially. Yeah. And it's it's a movie that I feel like, you know, I hadn't even heard of it until uh, my friend Peter recommended it to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the fact that it flew under my radar kind of makes me want to show more people it. So I'm going to say, yes, it is a shelf boy with... It's pants raised up high, saluting <laughs> the flag of film. Oh, God. <laughs> Along the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. And Handmaiden. Because it's a shelf boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a shelf boy for me, too. It, uh, it was definitely a generally good movie. Like, even, even if there weren't more horror aspects it definitely gave the the mask that it was going to be but it was oh, definitely yeah. thriller and like the fact that it hid that mask so well was really cool um, i agree yeah and i, I definitely think it uh, belongs especially with all the good acting from everybody um definitely definitely and even on your taylor joy wasn't bad it's yeah, just it was her the character, character felt it felt underdeveloped because um, we know she can act her ass off we can she's great in things like the witch mm-hmm. and apostle and handmaiden. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, she's not in those. She's only in the witch and and uh, other things. But so Marrowbone makes it onto the shelf as we are saluting it. Goodbye. 
to the shelf, Marabone. I don't know what I'm going to do. Just ignore me. So that brings us to our plugs for this week. My plug is going to be slightly different uh, this week. Um, As I've said probably 10 times already in this podcast before, the NHL is back. They're doing their playoffs in August, which is weird, and they're all doing it all in a bubble in either Toronto or Edmonton, which is probably the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. And I fucking love hockey. So my plug for this week is the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, which the Flyers are the number one seed in the say, East. Flyers seem to be doing really well so far. So so far, yes. So far. Let's, I'm just waiting for it to keep all it going. Clubs, let's give them our support so and our love. For my plug this week, I'm going to give a little let's go Flyers chant. Mm-hmm. And with your yeah, pants held high. and With my pants held up high. <laughs> okay. But not high enough to cover my Flyers logo on my shirt. You're damn right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, there, we got that. So we got the, uh, for me, um, <laughs> I don't know that sentence was transitioning, but for me, um, I wanted to kind of stick with the mood of the horror aspect. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I want to see Bill Skarsgård audition and first makeup test for Pennywise Ooh. On, on YouTube. That um, was going to be my plug last week, actually. Oh, and then I found the Jojo Rabbit one. You know what? I was, funnily enough, I passed the behind the, or not behind the scenes, but like the bloopers of the Jojo Rabbit. I'm like, mm-hmm. should I? No, I won't. I won't do that. I, but can I? Well, no, don't. He already, <laughs> no, but will I? Yes. No, we won't. So, uh, so this was really cool. Uh, we all know he was fantastic as Pennywise. Um, mm-hmm. He really Best held his own. part of uh, chapter two. Yes. Because chapter two was lackluster in my opinion. Yeah especially with all the kids turning adults uh, in yeah. their stories. But, uh, yeah, he was definitely the best part of easily those movies. The kids definitely had a strong hand in the first, but he obviously stood his own against Tim Curry and stuff like that. So oh, yeah. just seeing his audition and see him come into fruition with uh, the character was actually really cool. I don't know when he exactly did the eye thing because he didn't do it in his audition. But uh, Yeah, I think it was brought up on set. Yeah. He just kind of randomly did it at a certain yeah, point. Yeah, like um, the director was talking about it, and he was like, oh, I could just do that. Yeah. We're talking about doing it in CGI, and he was just like, yeah, I could just do that. So I mean, <laughs> save, it was, you, save you thousands of dollars. Yeah, it was definitely uh, really cool to see him do that, really. You could see him like turning his face and everything and becoming mm-hmm. a character as he was auditioning, which was really dope. So there's that. Bill Skarsgård audition and first makeup test for Pennywise on YouTube. What cool. we found with Bill was that his instincts were so perfect and so aligned with the way Andy saw Pennywise. Is this your vote? It's a nice vote. Votes. Even just to audition for this part was fun for me because it was just like, do your interpretation of what you think the clown would be. Well, I'm Bob Craig. Pennywise to my friends. What do they call you? Georgie. So those are our plugs for this week. Glenjamin Button, it is your turn to give us an assignment for our little boys and girls to listen to for next week's podcast. Well, what is that movie? Sadly, I didn't do the research quite like I was supposed to. You have already actually seen this movie. <gasps> Gasp a Burn it down. Burn Gasp it down. A hula. But pad pad co- pad cost. Podcast is over. Pad cost. And pad cost is just beginning. <laughs> so uh I don't care. 
And we're going to go with it anyway. Uh, this is going to be on Hulu, and it's also free on Vudu if you actually care about that. Um, if I mean, you don't I have Hulu. Vudu. So uh, Vudu is free. Uh, so either way, you're going to see this movie, most likely. Um, this movie is called Rabbit Hole uh, with uh, Nicole Kidman, uh, Aaron Eckhart, and Miles Teller. Mm-hmm. The movie is about life for a happy couple is turned upside down after their young son dies in an accident. She, uh, you know, she visits me sometimes in dreams and uh, tells me it's okay. And she's with God. God had to take her. He needed another angel. He needed another angel. Why didn't he just make one? Another angel. I mean, he's God after all. Why didn't he just make another angel? I forget that he's not here sometimes. Like maybe he's just hiding under the bed. He's going to pop out like he used to do. He's trying to make things nice. You can't, all right? I'm sorry. Things aren't nice anymore. Maybe I don't feel badly enough for you. Maybe I'm not feeling enough. Something's got to change. I can't do this like this anymore. It's, it's too hard. Um, it's directed by John Cameron Mitchell, written by uh, David uh, Lindsay Ebert, uh, uh, about his own play, Rabbit Hole. Uh, like I said, Nicole Kidman, Aaron Eckhart. Miles Teller. I'll I'll go out of my way to see a movie with Miles Teller, and that's what we're doing right now. Oh, he's from Downingtown, you know. You're damn skiddly duped. Doubting down represent. Um, but the perks of it, it's got Nicole Kidman, who I think either was nominated or won an Oscar for this. So I nominated, was like, she didn't win. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm like, why not, dude? This was in 2010. I'm ready to see this movie, Mike. Are you? Oh wait, again. Uh, I've actually been meaning to rewatch it, so uh, it kind of works out perfectly. Listen, I'm not saying you're welcome, but <laughs> I'm implying it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So there we go. Thank you. Thank you. So Rabbit Hole on Hulu and or Vudu is our assignment for next week. Uh, Y'all can watch that. All I can say is that y'all better. Why am I turning Southern? Use guys better. (laughs) Better bring some tissues if you're criers because it is not a happy movie. Um, And that's what I like to. uh, Well, no, I don't. I don't like to feel that, but I want to feel it. Yeah. No, wait, no. (laughs) It's going to be okay, Glenn. I don't think so. If, if you guys want to cheer up Glenn, you can check out our website, www.keystonefilmreview.com. Follow us on Instagram, Keystone underscore film underscore review. On Twitter, Keystone underscore film. Facebook, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I'm Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And if you do so all happy that, if you did all that, it would make him so happy he'd oh stop crying. <laughs> I can tell you right now, he is an ugly crier. Uh, just ugly, period. I have to Ug- look in a mirror. Oh, wait, that's a bad idea. No! Oh, goodbye, everybody. Thank you.